morning, Park Church, and welcome to today's at-home video worship experience. Wherever you find yourself this morning, at home, on your couch, at your kitchen table, wherever you are, welcome. We are glad that you have found your way to this video and are here with us, in a sense. We think we've prepared a really great time for you this morning to worship and to connect with God. But before we really get into it, we want to check in with you. How are you doing? We know that for a lot of us, it is like the world has been turned upside down. We're working from home in ways we've never done before. We're teaching our kids in ways we've never done before. We're having to take care of them. We're having to worry about money, about our health, about the future, about work in ways that are brand new to us. This has been a weird, a challenging week for so many of us. We know that for others, you work from home regularly, and this isn't all that different, except that life actually does look very different now. And for some of you, we know that you're working harder than you ever have before, because you work at a grocery store, or you're a delivery driver, or you work in the healthcare industry, and you're putting yourself at risk every day when you go to work. Thank you for doing that. But wherever you are this morning, however you're feeling, please listen to this. God is with you. God's got you. God is holding you. Even if you can't feel that or see that or believe that right now, our hope is that someday soon you will look back on this time and say, oh yeah, God actually was with me during that. Our hope for you this morning, if nothing else, is that you will get just a sense that that is actually true today. We also want to say to each and every one of you, eyes up here, even you, on the couch, in the corner, looking down at your phone, eyes up here. If you need help, please reach out to us. If you need help, please contact us. Email us at info at parkchurchnj.com and we will connect with you. We don't want you to have to go through this alone. Please, if you need help, reach out to us. For most of us, this week has been a week like none other we can remember. And for a lot of us, we have learned a lot about life, about the world, about things that we never knew we'd have to learn about. And we thought it would be fun if we could actually hear from people about what they've learned this week. So what have you learned this week, Park Church? Day four of the quarantine. Been out here all day. I don't think it's gonna happen for us today. Anyway, what I learned is, oh, hold on. I got it, I got it. <laughs> We've learned that turtles breathe through their butts. I've learned the real meaning of spring cleaning. I've learned how to Google Hangout with all of my students while teaching my children while Zeke is zooming and is louder than anything. It's happening. This week I learned that teachers should all be bajillionaires. Here at Riverview Medical Center, where I work, 
people have to wear masks, so they kind of lean in to figure out what exactly you're saying since I can't see your mouth move like that. Uh, I've learned that running really helps keep me sane. I learned that I am much more productive when I get out of pajamas and into real clothes in the morning. And I've learned that I'm a lot more patient than I thought I would have been. I learned nothing this week. I've learned pretty much every single word to Frozen 2. I learned that virtual community groups are really a great way to stay in touch and not as awkward as you might think. I learned that I love my mom and dad. This week I learned that I can get a lot of work done with a kid sitting next to me playing ABC Mouse. I learned my bear likes eggs and bacon. I learned from the coronavirus that you have to be homeschooled for almost a month. I learned that all you need is toilet paper. I learned that I have more time to listen to podcasts because the gym is closed. I learned to make Play-Doh yesterday. I learned that I hate looking at my face on a computer screen while I'm trying to talk to my students. I learned that it's wash your hands, pick your nose, wash your hands. I learned that power washing is very therapeutic. I learned that the coronavirus is really effective and what proves that is that they had to cancel every sport. I learned that I did not get taught. One interesting thing that I learned this week is that in the hierarchy of pastas, the lasagna noodle is at the bottom of the barrel. I learned that I'm a pretty good preschool teacher. Or maybe I just have a good preschool student. The coronavirus stinks. Before we pray together and hear a message from Michael, we're going to enjoy a song together that we do on Sundays quite often. It's called Thy Love Bind Us. And that word bind, it has two meanings. One is to have a wound bound up, to have a wound healed. And that's something we all need right now, healing. That goes without saying. But the other thing that word bind means, it means to bring us closer together, to bind us together. And so with this song, we'll be asking God to bind us together, to bring us closer together in his love which is something that we need at a time where we are physically distant. So we invite you uh, to sing along if you feel comfortable doing that. If not, just listen. Look at the words. They'll be up on the screen, and you can reflect on them. But we invite you to enjoy and to praise God, to worship God together with this song now.
Good morning. I'm going to lead us now in a time of prayer. On your screen, there will be some prayer prompts, and I'll be reading them through. And I invite you to enter in to create space for prayer and reflection. Would you please join me in prayer now? Lord, I thank you that it is through your love and through your wounds that you heal us, that you bind up our broken hearts, and that you bring us together here today. Even though we are apart from one another, I thank you that it is your spirit that is with us now and that unites us from across the world and across the county. Lord, as we enter these prayer prompts, I ask that your spirit would move, that we would open our hearts to what you're saying to us. Lord, guard us from fear and anxiety. Help us to trust that you are in control. Lord, provide relief for those suffering from the effects of the virus throughout the world. Draw people to yourself and your word during these days of sickness and fear. Lord, help us to creatively find ways to serve others and reach them with the hope of the gospel. Lord, in this time of isolation and separation, help us to remember that we are united by your spirit, that we are serving alongside one another to reach your world Lord, help us to love one another well during this season and all time. Amen. Good morning, uh, and, and welcome to, I guess what you could say, our, our second edition of Park's Video Worship Experience. Now, to be honest, it feels weird saying that phrase, uh, our second edition of Park's Video Worship Experience. Um, but if I'm honest, this, this is an odd time, isn't it? Uh, with, with schools closing, with um, more and more people working from home, more and more people staying in home. This, this is a very odd time, and, and the long-term ramifications of everything that's happening right now uh, is, is still unknown um, because we, at this point, don't see the end in sight. Um, and yet, yet for me, as, as I continue to, to pray and think and process everything that's going on, uh, the, the question that I keep coming back to and the question that I, want to, that I want to put on the table for us this morning is what, what does it look like to follow Jesus in the midst of a time such as this? And to, to help us uh, reflect upon this question, I want to I draw our attention to, to a, a well-known story from the Gospel of Matthew. Um, it's, it's a story about a time when, uh, for Jesus' disciples, 
where following him led them somewhere that, that they did not expect. The, the story comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. We're going to look at verses 23 through 27. This, this is God's word. Then he, that is Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. There's so much I love about this story, and I think there's a lot, especially for the time in which we find ourselves right now, there's a lot we can learn about what it means to follow Jesus. The, the very first thing that we read in this story is that Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Which means, which means for Jesus' disciples, following Jesus literally led them into a storm. Like the act of following Jesus literally led them into a storm. And th this is an important and, and maybe strange observation uh, because, because there are versions of the gospel out there. We often call them the health and wealth gospel or the prosperity gospel. There are versions of the Christian message that, uh, that basically tell us that promise that following Jesus guarantees a storm-free life. But clearly from this story, uh, the, the truth is, is that following Jesus does not guarantee a storm-free life. Jesus never promises us a storm-free life. But here's the good news. He does promise to be present with us amidst the storms in life. And so, so as we continue through the story, what we find is that Jesus' disciples follow him, and following him, leads them onto a boat, onto a lake, and then we're told that suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. Now, the Sea of Galilee runs, which is the lake that Jesus and his disciples were on in this story. It's in northern Israel. It runs about 13 miles tall, uh, 13 miles long, and about 8 miles wide. And, and on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee, uh, you have a bunch of hills. And in between these hills are, are valleys and gullies. And, and the Sea of Galilee typically is a pretty calm and, and warm climate. But occasionally, when, when a cold wind comes in from the west, uh, these valleys and gullies in, in between these hills uh, become like, like funnels. And in a moment's notice, cold wind can come bursting onto the surface of this otherwise calm and, and warm uh, lake. 
And in a moment's notice, a furious storm can be created. Matthew seems to be telling us that something like this happens. He tells us suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. And, and it becomes very clear very quickly that, that Jesus' disciples are terrified. They're afraid. And, and this is significant because several of his disciples were fishermen by trade. They, they spent many, many hours on this lake. They, they knew when they should be concerned and when they shouldn't be concerned. And here what we find is that they are very much afraid. And so they cry out to Jesus and they, they cry out to him and they say, they say uh, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And so they're, they're afraid. And, and what do they find? When, when they come to Jesus, what do they find? They find him sleeping. They find him sleeping. Like, if there's ever a time for Jesus to be sleeping, this is probably not it. I, I have a good friend who, who early on in his marriage, uh, while laying in bed next to his wife, late one night, got into an argument. And, and at one point, his, his wife was sharing from her heart about how frustrated she was. And, and then all of a sudden, she heard a sound. And that sound was my friend sleeping. There are some times in life that, that are just, it's, it's not a good time to fall asleep. And, and here Jesus is, in the midst of this storm, his disciples are terrified, and, and he's asleep. Do, do you ever, do you ever uh, experience things in life where you feel like Jesus is sleeping? Or maybe, maybe you can relate to the disciples. Here, Jesus' disciples find him sleeping and, and they are scared. They're afraid. And yet notice what happens next. He, that is Jesus, replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, we learn something absolutely astonishing about Jesus in this passage. And, and what, what I want us to pay attention to right now is the journey that the disciples went on from fear in the beginning of the story to being amazed by Jesus. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. They went from fear in the midst of the storm to no longer being afraid of the storm, but simply being amazed by what Jesus did. But, but first, we learn something amazing about Jesus, astonishing about Jesus. And, and if, if you've heard this story a lot, then, uh, then it's easy to become numb to just how incredible what happens in this story truly is. But, but if you can, just for a moment with me, uh, put yourself in the mind of a first century Jew listening to this story, right? Just 
for a minute, just slip on those first century Jewish sandals and, and imagine listening to this story for the first time. Because undoubtedly, what you, would, what you would think about when you begin to hear this story of Jesus in this boat is another ancient Jewish story recorded in, in what we know today as the, the book of Jonah. It's one of the books of the Old Testament of the Bible about this ancient Jewish prophet named Jonah. And, and if you're familiar with this story, then, uh, then notice the similarities between the story of Jesus and the story of Jonah. Both Jesus and Jonah are in a boat on the water. Both of them, in these two stories, both of them uh, are with other people on this boat. While they are on the boat, a storm comes. Everyone on the boat is terrified about this storm. Both Jesus and Jonah, however, are sleeping in the midst of this storm. And they are, they are then woken up by the other people on their boat who are terrified. And finally, in both cases, the storm is stilled. And so if you're a first century Jew hearing this story for the first time, the story of Jonah comes to mind because there are so many similarities. However, there's one massive difference between these two stories. And this is what would have stuck out in your mind as a first century Jew hearing this story. And here's the difference. In the story of Jonah, who calms the storm? If you're familiar with the story, then you, you may recall that Jonah ended up throwing himself over, actually asking the other men in the boat to throw him overboard into the water. And as soon as they do this, God calms the storm. And, and that's not an unusual thing in the Old Testament because all throughout the biblical story, throughout the Old Testament, uh, God is portrayed, rightfully so, as the, the king, as the Lord over all creation, right? He commands nature. He speaks and his creation obeys. And so in this story, God calms the storm. But in this story about Jesus, how is the storm calmed? Does Jesus pray to God the Father? No, he simply speaks. Jesus speaks and the storm is calmed. This this is astonishing. And clearly, Jesus' disciples did, did not have the language to make sense of what they were experiencing. Clearly, they didn't have the mental categories to, to interpret what was happening. All they could do, having just been afraid, all they could do in this moment is look at one another and say, Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And, and I think the reason why the wind and the waves obeyed him is because they've heard his voice before. They had heard his voice before many, many years ago at the creation of all things. Because what we find in Jesus, and this is why, this is why 
Jesus' promise to be present with us in the midst of the storms of life is so much more valuable than trying to simply live a storm-free life. It's because in Jesus what we find is the very presence and power of, of the King of all creation. When Jesus speaks, we hear the King, the Lord of all creation, whose voice nature itself obeys. There is none more powerful than, than him. There is no situation in which Jesus is not in control. And therefore, what we find in this, in this story, as following Jesus led his disciples into a storm, we find this journey from fear, from being scared, all the way to the other end of them looking back and being amazed by what Jesus has done. I think there's so much in this story that, that is relevant for us in the situation in which we find ourselves right now. And the question, again, that's on my mind in light of this story is how might we, as the church, follow Jesus in such a way right now in the midst of this storm in which we find ourselves so that at the end of it, so that at the end of it, we can look back and whatever our experience has been this past week or two, whether it be fear or anxiety or confusion, whatever our experience has been, how do we follow Jesus in the midst of this storm in such a way so that at the end of it, we can look back and be filled with awe and amazement because of who Jesus is and because of what he has done in the midst of this storm. This is the question that, that I'm wondering. Um, and and I, I want to, for the sake of this morning, just, just offer three, three recommendations, three insights uh, as, as one way of answering this question of what might it look like to faithfully follow Jesus in the midst of this storm in which we find ourselves today. And, and, and it's, it's simply this. If we're going to faithfully follow Jesus today, then I think it, it will require three things. It will require courage. It will require compassion. And finally, it, it will require wisdom. So first, faith, faithfully following Jesus will require courage. And by courage, what, what I mean is... Um, Choosing faith over fear. As we learned in this story, um, being in the midst of a storm can be uh, a scary thing. And, and it's, it's natural, uh, given the, the uncertainty of so many things right now, for, a, uh, for there to be a reaction and a very real experience of fear and, and anxiety and being on edge. And, and yet what we find in Jesus' words is that fear and faith have an, an inverse co-relative co relationship, right? Uh, Jesus' words to his disciples are, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Which, which means following Jesus is, is an invitation while being real and, and honest 
about the, the emotions and, and the, the feelings that we're experiencing, truly choosing to look to Jesus, truly choosing to put our faith and our trust in Jesus, and, and in so doing, uh, choosing a way of, of faith rather than fear. This is what it will look like to be a people who live courageously. And I, I believe one of the things that will be required to faithfully follow Jesus in the weeks and months to come will, will be courage. I think, I think a second thing that will be required uh, is compassion. Um, one of the side effects of, of fear and anxiety is that we, we begin to simply look after ourselves. We become inculcated. We become inward focused. And, and yet if there's anything we learn from Jesus, and there is much we learn from Jesus, it's that the God who's revealed himself in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is a God who, who meets us in self-giving love. This is the heartbeat of the gospel. And therefore, to follow Jesus is to, is to encounter that love ourselves and then, and then to become agents of that love, to, to look around at a world that's confused, that's fearful, that's trying to figure out what this looks like. And because of our relationship with God and our encounter with the love of God in Christ, to actually have something to offer. And it's not because we've got it all together, but it's because we put our hope and our trust in the one who does. And so, so we, as the church, are asking questions like, who are the most vulnerable in a time like this? And we have our ears open and our eyes open to, to those who, who will genuinely need help. And I know one of the things we here at Park Church are, are, are looking forward to is, is discovering what are the ways that we can display the love of Jesus to those around. And so, so faithfully following Jesus in the midst of a, a storm like the one in which we are living right now Will, will require courage, it, it will require uh, compassion, but finally, it will also require wisdom. Wisdom, and, uh, and by wisdom, what I mean is choosing knowledge over naivety. So again, courage is choosing faith over fear. Uh, compassion, which I didn't mention, is choosing selflessness over selfishness and and wisdom is is choosing knowledge over naivety for good reason we are not gathering together publicly as a church to worship it's it's awkward not to do this it 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 feels incomplete to not actually be together right now uh, and, yet, and yet we truly believe that wisdom informed by love demands that we do everything that we can as a church in the midst of a larger society to, to stop the spread of the coronavirus. 
And, and so the way that we live must be informed. Paul in Philippians 1, I believe it is, talks about, uh, talks about praying for love to be informed, to be informed by knowledge. And, and, and the reality is that, that in order for us to live a life of wisdom, uh, we need to recognize that Jesus never never actually tells us what the best practices are when it comes to social distancing. <laughs> like there are many very practical things that Jesus simply because he taught 2000 years ago in a very different culture in a very different time uh, that he doesn't specifically address. And, and yet that doesn't mean he doesn't speak today. In fact, he does speak and and he does guide and lead us. And he's given us a few things from which we can actually glean wisdom. He's given us God's word, the scriptures. He's given us God's people, one another, from whom we learn. And, and he's also given us God's spirit who speaks to us and, and comforts us. And it's with these three things, God's word and God's people and God's spirit, that we together are to, using wisdom, discern what it looks like and what it means to follow Jesus right where we are, to, to embody the, the self-giving love of God, which we see in Jesus in this very unique and odd and strange context in which we find ourselves today. This, this is what it means to, to be wise. And so, to sum up, uh, faithfully following Jesus in, in, into this storm in which we find ourselves, I believe will, will require three things from us. It, it will require being courageous, which is choosing faith over fear. It, it will require um, compassion, which is choosing selflessness over selfishness. And, and finally, it will require wisdom, which, which means choosing knowledge, being informed um, over naivety. And so what I'd like to do now is, is leave, leave this time with, uh, with three, three questions and then a quote. Um, and, and the questions are for your reflection this morning and even throughout this week and, and even beyond this week. And, and the three questions are this. First, out of these three things, com courage, compassion, and wisdom, which one comes most naturally to you? Which one of these three things comes most naturally to you? Question two is which one do you find most difficult? Which of these do you find most difficult? And, and question three, if, if following Jesus means living at the center of these three invitations, the invitation to courage, compassion, and wisdom, uh, then what's one thing, one thing, faithfully following Jesus might mean for you this week? One simple thing. I, I'd like to end our time this morning 
with a quote. Uh, and this, this quote comes from uh, the, this, the renowned American sociologist Rodney Stark in a book that he wrote back in 1997 called The Rise of Christianity. Um, last, last week I talked about uh, how th this is not the, the first time the church has been through an epidemic and that in fact the early church weathered more than one epidemic uh, and, and while incredibly difficult was also the occasion by which uh, the church truly displayed in, in culture transforming ways the, the love and grace of God. And so I'd like to end with this quote this morning. Dear joys all depart Though thy path may lonely be Sing to the Lord troubled heart For then he's nearest to
Thank God that he is near to us. As we wrap up our at-home video worship experience for this morning, we want to leave you with a few things. The first is a lot of people have been asking, how can we help? How can we serve during this time? And we're so glad that you're asking that question. We're working on ways to organize and mobilize this church to help to serve uh, the needs of the world around us. Stay tuned for more. But for now, if you have a friend, if you have a coworker, a family member, a neighbor who's in need, who needs help, you go and you serve them in the love of Christ. The second thing is people have been asking, how can we help those financially who are struggling right now? And there is an easy way to do it. It's to give directly to our benevolence fund. All of the money in that fund goes to people who are struggling financially. The way to do that is through our online giving platform called PushPay. Just text PCNJ to 77977 and, se and select Benevolence Fund when you go to give. The third, when it comes to giving, we encourage you to continue to give to fund the mission here at Park Church. It looks a little different at this time, but we are still about bringing the hope of the good news of Jesus to those who don't know him yet. And the last thing I want to say, just to reiterate, if you need help, don't go through this alone. Reach out, email info at parkchurchnj.com, and we'll connect with you. Thank you for being with us, for worshiping, for praying, for celebrating with us. Stay connected through Facebook, through our website, 
through our emails. And we'll send you off with this good word from 2 Thessalonians, a letter from Paul. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and through grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, may he comfort your hearts and strengthen them in every good work and word. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace. At all times, in all ways, the Lord be with all of you. And together, all of God's people said, Amen.